Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Hello and welcome to episode 122. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Austin Saves the Day. Wow, yeah. I don't know what you were going to say, but I'm real happy that... uh... Listener Austin wrote in, told us what we were doing wrong with our mixer, because we're just a bunch of bite jabronis that are playing with twisty knobs. And uh, guess what? Austin was fucking right, because he knows things that we don't, and we're really appreciative of that. So, if you're out there... So, what'd what'd you fuck up? Uh, in moving this thing in and out of storage, some of the knobs for mics that aren't in use had gotten turned volume up on accident, and that makes weird shit happen. Oh, yeah. So there you go. That is great. Uh, I have terrible phlegm in my throat because I actually rode outside today, and uh, it was terrible. Uh, it was really cold, and I didn't put air in my tires, <laughs> and it was the first time I've ridden my Crave drop bar, which is terrible. I mean, riding down, like from our house, we've talked about this before, it's like 700 feet of elevation loss to ride from our house to river level, and riding a bike set up how it is for the first time when it's cold and you're like stiff and shivering and you're hating life, like yeah, it's it, and you have 17 PSI in your tires or whatever was in there. I didn't check them. But... It, it's not going to feel at its best. I'm not saying that bike's going to handle great. I'm just saying, probably not as good as it could be. Yeah, I might just uh, might just slap the flat bars back on because it's really cool. Everything's external. I I don't have to do anything. You should give it one more ride before you do that. Well, here's the other thing: I don't have drop bar pokies. Oh, yeah. And see, I realized the error of my ways when I was coasting and my fingers were freezing, and I was like, if I just put flat bars back on here, I could have pokies, and that would be rad. Yeah. Cha-ching, wolf tooth tacks, because Andrea got me wolf tooth pokies for my birthday last year, and they are rad. So, uh, I rode my bike outside today, I rode the trainer, worked on the Land Rover some over the weekend with Troisif. We did some more tidying and whatnot over at his storage unit, and it was too cold to do any continued pressure washing work, so we installed the three-inch lift kit on my truck and removed some other things to just get stuff out of the way, so we're pretty close to being ready to actually put it back together. Um, Pulled out the shifter, did a couple of cool things, so yeah, that's awesome. Andrea was nice enough. She made up some elk patties, took over a camp stove. We had elk burgers for lunch. It was a good times were had all around. So Is that it? Uh, oh, and I got new shoes this week. So I got a pair of Giro Blaze shoes. They're a mid-weight winter shoe. They're essentially a, a shoe with a built-in shoe cover and a warmer footbed and stuff, so you don't have to deal with all the different put on your shoe put on your shoe cover the shoe covers wadded up under your cleat and all that crap so uh yeah did one ride in them so far they're fine uh they your feet weren't cold tonight they not as cold as they would have been <laughs> so yeah that's that's everything that i've done that's interesting all right kenny you want to go sure nothing exciting no riding it's been cold i was gonna go down south at some point, but the group of people kind of fizzled out that was going to do that. Plus, it was like maybe sketchy here. If it's actively snowing or raining here in Salt Lake, there's a really big chance that going through some of the mountain passes going down south on I-15, sometimes they're super gnarly and people crash out and it, it's a really bad time sometimes. So the best time to go to St. George is when it's like very cold and it has snowed here and there's like snow on the ground. Uh, but it's just cold, and then you just drive down to St. George, and it's a magical portal into 60-degree weather and sunny. So anyway, maybe in the future we'll do a trip. Uh, what else? I'm changing a few things around on my EXT suspension on the Kinevo SL, so I will report back when that is back and tweaked. Hopefully that will be for the better. Uh, I got in my Warp 9 wheels for my Suron Ultra oh, Is that what you just sent the picture? And got... The- yeah, I figured you might want to see some pictures of that. The Yeah, they're really neat. So shout out to Warp 9. Um, they hooked me up on that build and did it for a very good price and also made it super convenient to uh, pick them up. So trying some new stuff. Are those hope Yeah, <laughs> right? Isn't that cool? Uh, those spokes are goddamned titanium. Not titanium colored. They're actually sticks of titanium. <laughs> Can't eat. 
sticks of titanium. Hangar 15 is treating you well, or you are financially irresponsible, or both, and I fucking love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're not as expensive as you would think. So uh, even at full retail, these are about the same price as like a really nice aluminum mountain bike wheel set. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, so pretty pretty wild. And that's just one of those funny. It is annoying working in in the cycling industry, and you have people being like, "Well, I can buy a dirt bike for that." And yeah, okay, that might be true, but a lot of other dirt bike stuff is extremely expensive. For example, if you want nice A kit suspension for a motocross bike, it's going to be five ten thousand dollars. So fuck off when you say that mountain bike stuff is expensive. If you want the best of the best, it can be expensive. But in this case, if anyone out there has a motorcycle, uh, Saran, Talaria, Ultra B, or any other internal combustion bike for the most part, you want super moto wheels, like whatever it is, you got a big old, uh, I think they do adventure bike stuff like big old BMW GSs. I'm not positive on that. But anyway, Warp 9 is based out of Salt Lake City and they're a bunch of really good people and they make some really good products for a really good price. So if you ever need any of their stuff, Shout out to them. This is my second set of Warp 9 wheels so far. And so far, so good. If you want to do something fun, uh, and by fun, I mean not really fun at all, mount moto tires with rim locks it's, uh, with tubes. It's a really fucking bad time. I, I've done it before. It's, it's fairly annoying. So Matt says I'm a bitch and that it's actually pretty easy. <laughs> I didn't say that. The first time I changed a tube, I pinched one. It took me two tubes to put my first motorcycle tube in. I'm So, you know, I'm not God. <laughs> Might be Jesus, but I'm not God. Oh, man. So, anyway, a little challenging to install moto tires. I mean, these are probably maybe the 10th tenth, the tenth set of tires I've installed somewhere in that ballpark. But it can sometimes be challenging. It depends on how much alcohol you've consumed. <laughs> Wait, is there like a there's magic... There's a sweet spot. Yeah, is there a sweet spot or should you have no alcohol? No, there's a sweet spot. No, there is a sweet spot. Like one to two beers, you're probably going to do a pretty good job. Um, like six beers, not so much. And if you're sober, also might be a bad time. Yeah, it's like if you're fully sober, it's like you're sober enough to realize it's annoying. But if you're really drunk, you're not going to be coordinated enough to do it. It's kind of like when you eat an edible before hand-washing dishes. You're just like... <laughs> And then you're like, oh, yeah. You've been scrubbing that plate for an hour. No, it's not like that. (laughs) Oh, there's no dishes in the sink. So that's basically everything new in my world. That's it. All right. Uh, Do you want me to do patrons now or wait until like, I don't know. I don't know. Tell people about your crash and then do patrons. Your one mile per hour crash. Oh, well, I mean, I have other stuff to talk about. Uh, Go now. This week. So the uh, local CrossFit gym uh, a while back, they used to under some different owners they would allow you to pay i don't know like a nominal fee every month and you could just come in and use their equipment like a regular gym it just wasn't like i mean it's not like it's stuff in a crossfit gym it's kettlebells barbells stuff that you use to get really strong no machines you know pulley machines or anything like that so it was perfect uh, but after COVID, uh, those people sold the gym to a couple of the, from what I understand at least, to some of the members there that were maybe coaches. I don't really remember. But uh, yeah, so they they hadn't done they hadn't done that uh, you know like open gym membership. So I hadn't been, but I was on their email list. They sent out this email back at the end of last month saying, for the month of December, you can just come in and do CrossFit as much as you want for free. So I took them up on that, and I've been a couple of times, taking it incredibly easy. Like I told the first thing I told the coach there was like, look, it's like I will overdo this. I was like, they, they had this crazy metabolic conditioning workout up on their computer screen thing. And I'm like, if you said I'll give you $20 to do this faster than everyone else in this gym, I would do it and I would destroy myself. So I need you to give me like the kids beginner version of this workout. And he was really happy actually to hear that he's like i'm glad that you know that and that you're telling me that and this is what i want you to do and it was super easy by the way i just want to say that this is how i feel when i step foot inside of a mcdonald's (laughs) you want a happy meal i'm like looking at the menu and they've got like you know the special party 40 piece or something (laughs) and quadruple extra large fries and i'm like look (laughs) 
I, given the opportunity, I could do that. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat more chicken nuggets and fries than anyone. So, uh, can you give me the kids' meal? And they're like, "You're not a kid." And I'm like, "But I need the kids' meal, or it's gonna be trouble for <laughs> me and society. <laughs> We're gonna have a fucking problem." That's pretty much what I. That's so. pretty much what I told him. And you know, so he gave me. I mean, it was literally. It was so easy. I was a little bit bored, but that it was exactly what I needed to do because I haven't haven't lifted any weights. I mean, other than, you know, like chicken feed and elk parts and things like that, I haven't gone to a gym and lifted weights since 2020. Um, so I've, And, you know, manual labor and uh, yeah, you know, all that time I dug a hole and buried a guy. Moving a ton of dirt with a wheelbarrow, that, you know, like redoing the garden at Lens. Oh, yeah. It was probably a ton of dirt. If I just had to, it doesn't take it doesn't take long to make that much. Yeah, weight. yeah. I mean, it was it was probably that much, but yeah. So you know, I I did super easy class, and then last time I went was Monday, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was Monday, and uh, went to like a, I did like the full because the first time like I didn't even do the full workout, like the reps and everything, and the weight were way way scaled down. Uh, this time I actually did the full workout with just less weight than what. You know, again, like if you were like, hey, do this with as much weight as you can possibly lift, I would do it. And I would be absolutely destroyed, probably injure myself. But uh, I used probably half of what I was capable of using. And again, like I'm kind of sore, but, you know, not just terribly destroyed where I can't, you know, walk up and down stairs and sit on the toilet and things like that. So um, I'm pretty happy. I might uh, just do this month of December. Not sure what I'll do after that. If I'll keep going to that, or maybe like do some jujitsu or something. But that was that. Uh, I went yesterday. Went mountain lion hunting. I went well before that. I went bobcat hunting too. That was pretty crazy. Uh, I went out looking for mountain lions. I was on a trail, and about I don't know twenty or thirty feet ahead of me up the trail, I hear this noise of you know like an animal run off the trail into the bushes, and I get up there, and in the snow there's a bobcat track. And I went after it. I never saw the bobcat, but I chased that little fucker for, I don't know, a couple of hours until it finally ran up on top of this ridge where the wind was blowing like 40 miles an hour. And I was looking around in a pile of logs because it would run into the, a pile of logs and then run out in some random direction or like run up a log and run 20 feet away on top of a log and jump off and run off again and it was hard to find the track and I was looking around for it so long that with the wind blowing that my hands started to go numb and I have rain odds and normally I carry chemical heat packs and with you me. were yeah and I <laughs> I'm getting there and uh normally I carry chemical heat packs with me because that happens like it it normally it's when I exert myself get a little bit sweaty and then it just takes a tiny bit of cold on top of that and my hands just it's like a light switch they just sh just shut off and it's really painful and so I open up my bag and look in the pocket where I think my hand warmers are don't see them I'm like oh shit I forgot to put those back in there after I used them last and so I just had to leave like I had to go back to the truck and it was a long hike. It was very painful. And uh, I got home and was unpacking my pack. And no, I had put them in a different pocket because they would be easier to get because to they would be easier to get to if my hands were going numb, which they would have been. So they were in like an elastic cord pocket instead of in a zipper pocket, which was smart, except I had to actually remember that they were in there in order to use them. So that sucked a little bit. Yesterday, I actually tracked a pretty relatively fresh mountain lion track so that was fun but it's melted off a lot around here because it's been warm it's about to be cold again i think on friday or saturday uh, but yeah it was melted off so i couldn't really follow it very well uh, but that was fun today i went out and rode and i rode at turkey rock which is across the river from us and it's always really warm over there but i wanted to go up the uh i don't know the side like it's somewhere like a mile or two away from the the highway um it splits and you can go the kind of easier way or the harder way and i wanted to go the harder way and uh it, there were some patches of snow and i was on my single speed and i stood up to pedal and uh my back wheel just kind of like teleported <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of like spun and teleported off to the side. So I just like body slammed the ground and uh, scratched up my knee. And then I got back on my bike and a few minutes later realized my front tire was going flat. 
So I think it's got a bunch of, go- well, I know it's got a bunch of goat heads in it. And I think the sealant just finally gave out. Like it just dried up. It's been a long time since I put sealant in those tires. I've been pressing my luck. So it's time to fix that. But that was my, uh, that was my week. You want to read patrons? You going to give me a mouse? <gasps> We've got at ten dollars a month. Zozo, Zach, Will, Tom P, Todd, Ty, Tennessee, Zach, Taper Four Pro, Smells Like Sweat and Fear, SCG Shuko, Sam, Ryan, Ride Bikes, Hail Satan, Ralph Wiggum, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dow, MTB Shenanigans, Lloyd, Leland, Kevin's Tiny Erect Dick, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, 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 Jeff, JC, Jara Dix. Jake, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, Frank the Tank, F That Guy Mark, Ezra Trilogy, Evan, Eric, Dan, Captain Fickle, uh, Cam Irish One, Billy Single Speed, Bill, Bo, Bury My Cock in Her Baggins. <laughs> it's funnier when you read it faster. Alec, AJ, Aaron, Esker Cycles at 1169. We got Lead Out Sports and Josh from the Yentaza at 14. Kangaroo ears. Dean with 16 and a half kangaroo ears. $20 a month. We've got Scott, Pooperinch, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. And that's patrons. All right. Well, uh, new stuff time. Let's uh, talk about new stuff real quick. Uh, let's, let's do. We've got more new stuff than listener content. So I want to just. The only listener thing that we have is a wrap up on our Envy Wheel Saga. Our spoke-breaking saga. Do you want to read it, or do you want me to? Uh-huh. Hey, Jerry Crew, sorry to drag this out, or drag this MV M520 thing out for a... That's not a sentence. I can't read that sentence. Sorry to drag out this NV525 thing for a third week. I could not wrap my head around that. Sorry. Uh, but Kenny asked, so here goes. Yes, Park does list the 0.9 by 2.2 in their chart. Here's the link. Bark also provides an app where you can input actual spoke dimensions, which I use because my spokes are somewhat oversized with an average of a bunch of readings in different places on different spokes coming in at 0.975 by 2.21. And finally, yes, my drive side is running 16 to 17 on the TM-1's dimensionless units. First spoke broke around 200 miles at the threads, and that was when I first started looking at tension. It was in the range of 16-17. The first broken spoke is the one that I put down as trail damage. I've monitored tension occasionally since, and it has remained pretty consistent. Second spoke broke roughly 800 to 1,000 miles at the J-Bend. Third spoke broke recently at roughly 1,500 miles, also at the J-Bend. All three are on the non-drive side. They are fatiguing, as you have pointed out. So my question boils down to rebuild with 0.9 by 2.2 or go up a size to 1.25 by 2.25. Yeah, I think logic would say go up a size. I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to do. Uh, I mean, for the longest time, I thought Aerolites slash Sapums really should be about as strong as your regular double-butted 201.8, your DT competition. I don't remember what the safe of them is, a laser or something. But anyway, maybe they're not like quite as strong. Basically, I'm saying I don't really know the answer to that. I don't, I haven't seen enough in all my years. I haven't really seen enough to sway me either direction on that. I've personally never had a problem with an Aerolite. I've never broken a single Aerolite ever in my entire life, but I'm... I'm really light on wheels, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't have a great answer for you there. Uh, yeah, go with the bigger spoke. I think that's the answer. Ultimately, the answer is I just don't think 24-hole wheels belong on the rear of a mountain bike. I think that's the answer, but that doesn't really help you, so you might as well go with bigger or spokes. Or just real extra holes. <laughs> yes. In your your rim and in your hub. All right, that's our only listener question yep. slash follow-up. Um, we might have had something on Patreon Slack. Hold on. Oh, that's about health insurance. That's not... We don't need to talk about that. Oh, uh, so a question about fork offset and increasing fork travel. This is from Scott. Scott says, I have a 2017 Kona Ragin. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Kenobi had one of those. Oh, okay. But it's called a Ragin, like a Ragin Cajun? Yeah. Uh, okay. It is the... It's a shorter travel tie single speed than the Hanzo. Okay. So it's like a very ahead of its time bike. Cool. Uh, that came with a non-boost Fox 32 100 millimeter travel 51 offset. Thinking about getting a newish Fox Stepcast 34 120 or a SID 120, both in 44 millimeter offset. I like how the bike handles in the current setup and really don't want to slacken the head tube angle much more 
so as increasing my travel by 20 millimeters, which will decrease the head tube angle, and then reducing the offset by 7 millimeters, which will increase the head tube angle, the correct solution. Anyone know of a bike geometry calculator app or website? Thanks, Scott. I don't understand how so... the offset changes the head tube. Yeah, that is correct. So that that was my that was my first question is that is not true or maybe someone is uh, misreading what that does. Generally speaking, if you are happy with the way that your bike's handling and then you want to increase the travel by say 20 millimeters, the rule of thumb is you would then increase the offset of the fork to go with your decreased head tube angle and that will net um, roughly the same feeling bike. Now it's never going to be that way, right? Like you're changing so many things and the dynamics of bike geometry is so complicated and everything is interrelated. It's, it's not black and white, but generally speaking, that will, as you're looking at your trail number, and your trail number is really going to affect um, how like the handlebars turn into corners, right? Like that is the big thing. So to keep that trail number the same with increased travel, you increase the fork offset. That's the the traditional way of thinking about that. So unfortunately, you're doubling things up. You are going to decrease offset and you're going to decrease head tube angle. So, you know, you, you might net the same wheelbase, but the wheelbase is not really going to affect that much how the bike turns into corners wheelbase is more of like a bike stability thing so just forget that for a second it just doesn't really matter um but yeah you're you're doubling up in the wrong direction essentially that's all i have to say yeah um jake in this uh thread because this is in patron slack jake actually gave the answer that i was going to give which is get the uh newer fork and shorten the new fork to 100 uh, so it won't be quite as a big change as far as the handling of the bike, just based on head tube angle. You know, you're going to keep the head tube angle uh, about the same. And well, then... and also you're changing bottom bracket height when you do that too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So keep your center of gravity about the same. It's not going to raise that up and make you know make things feel less stable. Yeah, I, I would try that. Like get the new fork and just uh, adjust the travel down to a hundred. Yeah, the 44 millimeter offset. You might notice a difference there. But I think a new fork is just going to be, it's just going to feel nicer in general because that's just how new forks are. You could have, you know, the Lyric that I've been riding on my mountain bike for, I don't know, how how long have I had that? At least a year? Uh, I've serviced know. it once. I've kept track of the mileage and I serviced it when, or the hours and serviced it when it was due for service. Uh, it feels great. If I got the same exact fork in brand new and put it on my bike, it would feel a little better than how my fork does now. That's just how new shit is because it's just new. So, you know, get... I don't know, but yours is already broken in. It is already broken in. So, like, I'm going to say one more thing. If we know it's free, is just slap the damn fork on your bike like what's the worst thing that's going to happen so just ride it for a while get used to it you might find hey i like it it's fine it's great yeah and that costs you zero dollars because you're gonna have to buy an air spring plus tear your fork down it's not a huge deal right but it's um 50 to 100 dollars in cost and then your time so maybe just slap it on the bike and ride it and see what happens. Yeah. And worst case is, you know that you can go down and travel and that will get you closer to where you yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, ride it until it's due for, you know, a SEAL service. And if you want to try it, you know, if you're like, ah, you know, it wasn't that great. I want to try it shorter Then whenever you get your fork serviced or if you service it yourself, um, it's not a big deal to just go ahead and change the air spring out. You know, it's like a couple extra steps on top of your normal seal service. So I've noticed an interesting thing about myself as I ride more. I actually have gotten less picky about my things, which is really weird. Some I just, things, yes, I some ride things, it, no. And I get, yeah, so, right? Like there's certain things, like I'm not going to go ride bar ends tomorrow or I'm not going to ride Crank Brothers pedals tomorrow. That kind of stuff, I'm pretty well yeah. set in. But even like geometry changes on the bike and even minor fit changes, I can tolerate that stuff quite well. And I just kind of get used to it, especially if it's a more modern bike where generally speaking, I think the industry is pretty smart. There's a lot of smart, very talented riders that ride very fast and very hard. And I think they're pushing equipment. They're realizing that these in skilled hands, these geometry changes are probably for the better. I get on them initially and I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird and different. And then I just ride it and it's fine. And then I become used to it. That's kind of so. how it seemed like when you first got your Kinevo. 
was you were like, yeah, it's it's a, a really long big bike, and now you're just like, yeah, it fucking yeah, slaps. Yeah, now I'm just kind of like, now I'm just kind of used to it, and it's fine, and I have a good time on it. So I think you'll get you'd be surprised what you can adapt to. Uh, I'm not saying that where you're going is maybe making the bike more modern in the offset aspect and the travel aspect, yes, but other geometry and weird stuff you're doing, it might not actually be like what a modern bike is. So keep that in mind. But again, just try it, just ride it. And you got to give it time. Like don't ride it for one ride. You have to, if you're going to commit to this, go do 10 rides on it, that kind of thing. And like, give it real serious time. And you might be surprised that you would just get used to it. You might ride a tiny bit different, but your body adapts pretty quickly. Um, I know all I do is talk about Emoto stuff, but, um, I've made a lot of changes on that Suron and the Talaria, the really small, lightweight ones. And as I made changes, A, I got really used to it. But B, now that I went to a completely different moto, like absolutely way different, like four inch different wheelbase and like <laughs> everything about it is completely and totally different. It felt like pretty jacked up at first. And now it's just become second nature and it's fine. So the moral of that story is just try it. And you might be surprised what you adapt yeah, to. Yeah, and, and what I would say is don't just immediately toss your 32 in the garbage. Keep that around. And if you absolutely hate the new fork and how it handles after, you know, a couple of weeks of riding on it, then put your old one back on and, you know, maybe take the other one to the shop and, you know, have them change their spring out or something like that. Or, you know, or buy a more modern Fox 32 in 100 mil, you know, so... You got options, right? I think that newer bikes. Um, I don't think Scott needs to ride a thirty-two. Okay. If I've, I've talked to Scott human? before, I don't think he's a small human. Okay. Okay. Um, I know Matt. Do you remember what fork I had first on my? I had the Sid thirty-five on the spot rocker on the single speed all the time, right? Like when I first put it together. I'm I'm thinking really hard. I feel like you built that with your so when you got your mayhem replaced that's what i was going to say is when i replaced the mayhem was replaced after so i think what it was is i hold had... on let me i'm trying to think through this well you've got already gotten to the spot where i was going to talk about is when my mayhem had a crack in it and i ended up getting a new frame while i was waiting for that new frame i took the lyric the 150 millimeter lyric and put it on the spot rocker and it was fucking awesome like it was really cool yeah it raised the bottom bracket a little bit i don't care about that that much uh bottom bracket height changes don't bother me because i tend to smash my pedals into things anyway um and that thing fucking slapped it was good so you might just like it better you know with a taller smaller offset fork on it you know it may just handle better than it did before so give it a shot i'll also say in general 100 mil travel forks and 51 offset were kind of they were interesting there were not a whole lot of bikes that came with those mostly treks way back in the day yeah yeah that was a g2 geometry thing i don't know yep all right well that's what we've got for listener content uh what new stuff do you all want to talk about we've got i've got a few things open here i haven't looked at all of them yet i've got a good one uh i'll go okay no kenny first all right hopefully it's not yours if it is then um yeah sorry Greg Minar. That's one of the ones I had open. Is, uh, okay, yeah. Greg Minar is leaving Santa Cruz Syndicate, which is a pretty big deal. He was with them forever, like, you know, 10, 15 plus years or something. So 16. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Pretty wild. So I don't think we know where he's Norco. going, but that's just, oh. I'm 99.99% sure it's Norco. Okay. I'll tell you in a second. Um, yeah, it seems, it's it's reported that he's moving to Norco. I wonder how much that cost. Who knows? Maybe it's not that much. I mean, when was the last time, when was the last time he won a title? It's been a while, right? Or am I crazy? You know, it seems like in the bike world, though, like, as far as... I'm not saying he's, like, bad no, or anything. No, That's I, not what I'm saying I'm at all. I'm just saying in the, in the current bike industry... Um, if you are someone who is well known, you have the social media following, you're quote unquote an influencer, um, results don't matter quite as much. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter at all if you're someone who races bikes, but you know, his reach is still huge, whether or not he's winning everything or not. Oh no, absolutely. hundred percent. I think you're, you're totally on point there. I'm just thinking maybe he's not as expensive as you might think. I think just in mountain biking in general, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of money in the racing side of things. Yeah, does Nino Scherter make a lot of money? Probably, but you might be surprised 
and then everybody else makes peanuts. So, well, and to piggyback on this, and of course I don't know, but does Santa Cruz give a shit about what Menar thinks and comes on and advises and maybe runs a race team five years from now? Maybe not. Is this a way for him to transition into a different company, be a part of the race program, help develop a new bike, and then maybe step into a management or product advisor role or something like that to give himself a career after racing? Maybe Santa Cruz didn't want yeah, that. Maybe. And maybe Norco did. I, th- I would imagine that at his level and with his experience and the amount of time he's just been doing it, it's probably not very money related would be my educated guess. And it's probably not even a, you know, that Santa Cruz wanted him to go or he wanted to leave Santa Cruz, right? I doubt it was a, I doubt it was money and I doubt it's people. That's just an educated guess. Again, I'm not like directly involved in this. It's probably more that he's looking for something slightly different. That's all. If that and makes yeah, sense. I guess that's what I'm getting at is maybe he's, he had talks and they didn't need him past his racing. So he's moving on to someone that might appreciate him after racing. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Uh, again, total, obviously total conjecture on our part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything that there's any kind of drama or anything going on. It's probably just purely a, um, a business yeah, decision wanna, at this point. Want to want to do something, just truly want to do something different. Yep. Now is it my turn? Sure. Yes. Cervelo released a road slash gravel bike. That's e- that's, that's what you e- want to talk about. <laughs> well, who who are no, you? No. I, here's the thing that I want to talk about. Cervelo jumped through ninety seven hoops to not call a flip chip a flip chip. <laughs> what do they call it? They a, f- a flippy chippy. They don't. They uh, let's see. Um, who, in all seriousness, who owns Flip Chip? No one. I know the article uh, says the words Flip Chip. Are we? Are we the ones? Do we call it Flip Chip? No, a lot of people. Or maybe that's got to be a, like. Is it no, Trek no, or it's something? No, Link. Okay, but they go so hard, like bike rumor or not bike rumor. Cervelo talks really hard about it not being a Flip Chip. It's an a, a geometry adjustment. Yeah, which is hilarious. And maybe they're bummed about it because usually a flip chip alters one thing. Uh, What this is, the reason I think they're bummed is because it's two flip chips. Is it front and back? And you have to turn, you have to turn both flip chips at the same time with the same key, or really bad things happen. (laughs) I mean, but that's all it is. Is it like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters? Yeah, it's it's just it's double flip chip. That's why I think they're so. I don't know. I just thought that was really funny that they went through such links to not say it has flip chips when it's just a flip chip <laughs> so next thing um real quick last thing uh it has a faza motor faza 60 motor that's explicitly tuned for cervello um <laughs> and uh yeah you can charge shit from it and yeah it looks like they they make some really snazzy builds with it so there you go i've got a good random thing that i read on the internet you ready uh, for this? Sure. This, I mean, this. I don't think you're prepared for how random this actually is. This is having to do with temperature units. Celsius is how water feels. Fahrenheit is how people feel, and Kelvin is how atoms feel. <laughs> Kenny, <laughs> don't yes. ever change. You really opened up a rabbit hole with me here because something that I really struggle with is how temperature is just a meaningless number. That we have to assign feelings to. <laughs> yep. It's not like 20 degrees is twice as hot as 10 degrees. Or when you're talking about from an absolute standpoint, yeah, no, it's not. And it's not like, you know, an 80 degree day and a 100 degree day, the 100 degree day feels twice as hot, but it's only 20 degrees hotter. And my brain struggles with this. So thanks for a ride in my brain. Um, <laughs> but Troy's vehicles. And his house are set up in uh, Celsius, so I've been learning Celsius. Um, and I I'm figured getting... if you hung out with Troy long enough, you would start using non-freedom units. And I'm I'm getting pretty good at doing those conversions in my head now. So isn't Troy from America? Yeah, oh. but his wife is from not America. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, that makes more and, sense. And uh, you know, the man that's has... true love right there. When you change from freedom units because of your relationship like that's that's commitment yeah i would change away from freedom units for free 
<laughs> Let's see. There's something else that I want to talk about. Oh, but can I, I talk about this trailer? Sure. It's the it's a German company called Violo. I don't know if I'm saying that right, given that it's German and I'm a dumb American. But it's a really nice aluminum frame cargo trailer. It has a little bit of suspension. It has like elastomers in it or something. Um, it's it's just nice. It's strong. It's got an 80 kilogram weight limit on it. Oh God, that's a lot of weight. So oh God, more more units that I don't comprehend. That's 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 176 pounds. Yeah. Basically. Oh, of course they're riding it on single track in the video. Well, and there it says that it's supposed to have off road capabilities. It doesn't say how much off road capability. Dude, you would catch that wheel on a stump and rock your shit to next Tuesday. You could catch that on a stump. God. It does have kind of a wide. I want to put a motor on that. But man, I I like this because. I've been trying to, like, I've been racking my brain about how you would get a normal, like, bike shop e-bike and take it hunting, because that's the thing, like, all the hunting e-bikes are really cheesy, but... I'm looking at the pictures of this thing, it's pretty tiny, unless, I mean, if you killed something larger than a ferret, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be able to fit it well, on there. Well, you could definitely fit a, an animal quarter or two on the, not that you could pedal, like, a normal bike, you couldn't you know, load it up with a hundred pounds and pedal it anywhere other than downhill and burning your brakes out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is like a step in that direction because also most people that are using an e-bike for hunting, uh, they're using it on forest roads, very non-technical stuff. You know, it's most people don't, you know, get really good at riding mountain bikes and then take their mountain bike and go hunting with it. So uh, I think it's really interesting it's got some different, um, like, they have an option for, like, a waterproof bag. You know, it's definitely cool because, like, the hunting stuff that's out now, they are super heavy. The parts suck. Well, they're, you, you, and, but they have, you know, integrated, some of them have, like, an integrated rear rack. Like, it's part of the frame is this rear rack or something that can attach to that and carry a bow and a gun and, shit like that you know stuff that you would want to carry with you if you're going hunting or doing anything out where you're going to ride your e-bike to do stuff other than ride a bike right so you, like you mean maybe... like a surly skid loader yeah i kind of want to get one of these and bring it into costco <laughs> so on my bike Kenny, here's mm -hmm. my question for you you said you want to put a motor on this yes would you need two so it didn't push crooked. Yeah, you'd probably want to do two. And then just, you know, kind of fill fill the floor with batteries. And then I would take it to Costco and fill it up with peanut M&Ms. <laughs> and beer. <laughs> and chicken nuggets. <laughs> tater tots. I've never seen tater tots at Costco. Oh, wow. I've, I've only Isn't been to crazy? Costco a few times. Like, I like Costco, but... It's really... It's pretty stressful. It, even though I've been going to Costco for a really, really long time. Well, everything is at least you have $20. To like get, you have to get in a mode. Yeah. Everything's $20. I mean, that's the cool part is everything there is $20. So that thing of peanut M&Ms is $20. Right. They don't buy things. And that giant steak is $20. And the tub of butter that you get is also $20, and it weighs they, 20 pounds. They, don't they go to their vendors, and they're like, I want to, I want an item. I want you to build me an item that I can sell at twenty dollars. And they're like, "Well, that would be forty six pairs of socks." They're like, "Did I fucking stutter?" Uh, I just looked up tater tots on Costco's website, and they don't have them. Isn't that wild? Like, like I'm, you know, I can potatoes. usually sniff out potatoes at most places, and they they've just never had tater tots. In fact, it's difficult to even find French fries at Costco. It's very bizarre. I searched. Like, I don't know, I think one of the buyers had, like, a traumatic experience or you something. You can get a three-pound tub of instant mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. No, I get I get all their potatoes. I get their hash browns and uh, some of their other I mashed potatoes. I mean, if, if they have hash browns, got some then scallop just, potatoes. hash browns are just a different shape of tater tot. Yeah, they are, but they're, but they're different. Tater tots are a very, very special thing. And what's even more special than a tater tot is a crispy crown. <laughs> They got sweet potato dog. A crispy cheese. crown is a tater tot that's been cut in half, so it gets more oh, surface ooh, area like for crispiness. Oh my god, Kenny, you're right. They sell Lay's potato chips, like the little one ounce, like you'd put in a kid's lunch bags. A fifty mm -hmm. pack, twenty three dollars. <laughs> uh, it's all doggy ooh. delirious turkey and sweet potato dog treats, five pounds, eighteen dollars. Ooh, can I? While we're on a total tangent. Can I tell you about the internet drama that I started this week that I forgot about? 
Uh, sure. So while I was out hunting one day, uh, I passed this little flagging tape, a little piece of pink flagging tape, kind of up under some branches in a spot that's a really good turkey hunting spot. And I had seen it back in April when I was turkey hunting. And I tend to, I tend to leave those things if they look pretty new because I don't know, maybe someone has a turkey blind up there and they don't know how to use GPS on their phone. Even though there's 500 different GPS apps where you could make a waypoint and find your way there looking at a phone screen, this person wants to find their way there by walking around in the dark and looking for their little piece of flagging tape with a flashlight. Whatever. I left it there back in April. And this is in a wilderness area. has nothing to do with logging because you don't have logging in a wilderness area. Uh, It's not survey tape. You know what that looks like. So I have this wonderful pattern recognition software installed in my brain with a bunch of other things where I see survey tape and I know kind of what it looks like. It's very conspicuous. Uh, Normally, sometimes has something written on the tape, very long tails, tied in a certain way, and it just, I can't really explain it to you, but it has its own look. This is definitely not either of those things. Yeah, like, now that you say that, like, the tail size on a Forest Service flag is very, it's almost like they pre-cut the tape. Yeah, yeah, like, someone has a hundred pieces of tape on their belt, and they pull it off, and they tie it. Certain colors mean certain things. I can't tell you what they are, but... Blue is flagging a new trail corridor. Sure, yeah. I know that, because... Or like trail maintenance, because they might hang a flag and write a note on it. Right, and this isn't on a trail. This is off trail. Um, It's on an old roadbed, but it's definitely not a place where anyone's building a trail. No one's doing surveying. Logging tape is super easy to recognize because it's around trees and there's usually some spray paint that accompanies it. So it's none of those official things. I passed by it a few days ago, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to rip this shit down, and I'm going to make a little Instagram real PSA about don't leave your plastic in the woods. Let me tell you, there are a lot of angry dudes out there who want, you can just stop there. Who want to tell you how wrong you are, and then say a lot of mean things to you about the type of person you are and how you look, because you pulled down a piece of flagging tape from a tree. Let me tell you, my, um, my block button on Instagram got hot there for a little while. Andrew's like, that's a whole lot of mean. Too bad I don't have feelings. <laughs> I was like, damn, man, you are angry. But yeah, so I got all sorts. Like, I eventually, I just had to turn the comments off on that post. And as soon as I did that, someone went to a different post and was like, hey, that was survey tape. You're wrong. I'm like, man, fuck all the way off. Like, holy shit. I mean, I'm not dumb. I'm not a total bitch. Like, I'm not going to pull someone's whatever where their turkey blind might be stashed in the woods or something. I'm not going to do that, like, if it looks like a new piece of tape. But fuck, if that shit's been out there long enough to get, like, crunchy and crackly and it's about to turn into confetti when the wind blows too hard, I'm going to take it down and put it in the trash because it's plastic. Oh, yeah, and that was another thing. Because we have landfills and because there's a garbage patch in the ocean, I shouldn't worry so much about plastic in the woods. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, by that logic, I should just be able to shit on their front porch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just and when they get mad, be like, dude, there's a garbage patch in the ocean. There, and there's a, you know, wastewater treatment facility within 20 miles of here. So, <laughs> no. you know, the air is going to stink if the wind blows the right way anyway. So I'm just going to leave a steamer on your front porch. <laughs> oh, yeah, I left another one under the windshield wiper of your truck. Yeah, so I'm pretty much, uh, I don't, none of our listeners would ever leave plastic in the woods on purpose. But anytime I see that, I'm going to pull it down and make a video about it and turn the comments off just so people can't get really mad. Like, so they get really mad and frustrated and can't comment on it. Uh, Kenny, I was still on the Costco website and okay. I'm going to come to Utah next year and we're going to ride all sorts of two wheel machines. And then we're going to go to Costco, but we're going to drink a little bit first. And then I'm going to spend like 500 bucks there. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. Every <laughs> Kenny's like, yeah, ride motos, go to Costco drunk. Like, sounds like a fucking Tuesday for me. <laughs> that's what we do here I in Utah. I found M&M's chocolate candy with caramel cold brew center. So a trick for people with Costco is the little square that's by the checkout lines that's full of like chocolate and snacks and chips and stuff. That place is where you should spend most of your time. All right. It is it is insane. Oh, we should have a hot dog eating contest. I think I could eat three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have never actually purchased any 
uh, live food at Costco, if that makes sense. I've never used their little food court thing. I try to keep my hot dog consumption to like one a year. Dude, a Costco hot dog is next level. You've never had one? They're pretty good. Oh, I've had them. In fact, the last uh, cookout that we had for the company, I bought actual Costco hot dogs and we grilled them and people people like fight over those things it's crazy dude they fight over them in Costco and they fight over them at your cookout all right yep I have um one more new shit that's really old shit that's new again Brooks has brought back the B-72 saddle which is a lightly sprung kind of wide saddle that is for mountain bikes is what they they say it's for, and they have pictures of it on a steel. I'm pretty sure it's a single speed. Uh, no, that thing had transmission on it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sure enough. I don't know. Is that transmission? Oh no, it's not. It's like micro shift. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it might be Shimano. Same thing. Yeah, whatever. It's all got cables. But yeah, like it's it's on like a you know on a bike with a dropper post, and I've just I've always really liked Brooks how they look. I've owned one. And it was unfortunately too narrow for me, which I found out after I rode it, I don't know, a month or so on and off. And like my seat bones were pretty much on the uh, rivets. Yeah, like on the rivets, which sucked. Um, And also the rails are super short on a Brooks saddle, so they're hard to adjust. But I think it looks kind of cool. If you have this kind of bike, fuck. If if Brooks sent me one of these tomorrow, I would put it on my spot rocker in a heartbeat. I don't know if it it would fit. I don't know if like my, you know, if I could get the seat in the right position, but I would put it on there and ride it around for a while at least. And if I liked it, I'd probably keep it on there. I'm scheming up the best plan for warm weather. All right. Um, that's all I got. I mean, I have a few other things open, but if you guys want to wrap it or talk about something else, we can. This is what we're going to do, Kenny. Weather gets good, right? It mm-hmm. just dawned on me that I can work fucking anywhere, right? As long as you got internet. Yep. So the smart move would be for me to come over like, Take like a half day midweek and just drive over to your house. And then we could mm-hmm. both go to work and by go to work, like you would go to work and I would use your baller internet and click clack on my computer. And then we could ride bikes after work. And then we could repeat that the next day. And then we could ride bikes on the weekend. And then we could like party on the weekend and then I could drive home. Yeah, I think it's a great plan. I have an extra room ready to freaking rock. You got a you got a fart chamber for me, someplace I can go and fart. Yeah, sweet. I'm good at farting. <laughs> We're not talking about this. Close your. Comp- you want to make fun of it? We're not giving it the airtime. Okay. It's something so absurd. It's not worth talking about. All right. Uh, this last one could be really really quick. Race face Chester mountain bike grip is uh, soft and grippy. That's it. Race face made some new grips. They've got ridges if you want them. No ridges if you don't, I think. Is that what that... No, that still has ridges in it. Sorry. But no, yeah. it's it's ribbed on the top for your palm, but then like it's got those cross grooves on the bottom for your fingers. There you go. Uh, see, there's a side photo yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. How much do those cost? Don't they come in like 13 different colors? Yeah, a bunch of different colors, and they are $27. Oh, my God. You could get half a set of pedals for that. Oh, seven colors. All right. Yeah. I mean, if I was into round grips, I'd give them a shot, but I'm not not into that stuff. If I was into not foam grips, I would give them a shot, (laughs) but I'm not. Uh, I've got, this is random, uh, random random on the internet, but it's stuff. It's up there. It's up there. So, I mean, I don't want to turn into us just reading the news, but this is actually uh, pretty hilarious and not like, I'm sure someone will find a way to make it political, but it's not political. Anyway, basically some lady in Ohio, uh, at a Chipotle got like super mad, I guess. And like threw her, her food in the face of like a worker there. And she got in a lot of trouble, which is great. Cause yeah, you just, that's absolutely ridiculous. You should never under no circumstances. Should you ever do something like that? And that's the rule, insane. the law is actually Ohio statute 69, 420. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, which is uh, awesome. So anyway, I'm a fan of cruel and unusual punishment. But it's not legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you got me, Kenny. <laughs> yep. So, but what is legal and what should be legal and done more often is cruel and unusual punishment, but you give them the choice. Do you want it to be cruel or unusual? That. No, it's cruel and unusual, or you can just go to oh, jail. Okay. Like, you, you pick. Okay. 
it's you you choose like hey so in this case it was you spend three months in jail or you spend one month in jail and two months working in a fast food restaurant and the person chose one month in jail and two months working at a fast food restaurant i just think that's awesome so we need more judges doing that kind of stuff because that's awesome yeah and let me tell you that lady is probably never going to yell at someone again maybe and also i really hope it gets out which restaurant she works at because the entire internet will go there and (laughs) probably make her life a really bad time which is fantastic the internet's good at a lot of things unfortunately the internet's pretty good at harassing people but in some cases it can work out to the benefit of society. Like if every day for two months, there was just 16-year-old kids making TikToks going, hey, Karen, I didn't get enough salt on my fries. <laughs> is yep. guacamole extra? And then throw a fit when it is. <laughs> I want to speak to your manager. Oh, it would be awesome. So anyway, that's it. That's my tidbit of hilarious. Also, can you imagine when it gets out to her coworkers how vicious they're going to be to her? Yeah, I mean, it's there's no way. Like, her name is out there. There's no way. I mean, hopefully it goes, hopefully it's a good learning lesson. Uh, but anyway, I just, I like it. I like that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Dude, I love it. Yeah, we need to do, yeah, I'm not going to make it political. I'm stopping there. <laughs> I don't think that's political. That's <laughs> just a... Uh... No, I was about to get political and right. I won't. All right, well, are we done? Uh, I'm done. Sure. I'm going to tell people the next saga in the craziness of the crave. All right. Narrow handlebars. Oh, God. With like a 200 mil stem. It won't be 200, but it won't be. Like you're going to go away from the drop bars and put on like fixie bars? They won't be that bad, but think like mountain bike bars proper for when that bike was released. Which was what year? 2013. All right. Like Around... 700 was wide then. Yeah, yeah. I remember like Niner made a gigantic bar. At seven, 710. It was yeah. 720. Seven. It was uh, 710, 720. Yeah, something yeah. in that. And it was bar. just like, oh my God, this is weird. Yeah. And now people look at my 750 bars. They're like, why are your bars so narrow? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Feels good in my hands. Your mom said it was long enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, don't forget, we have everything on sale on the JRA website. So get your stickers, your bottles, throw in a partnership for community action donation while you're at it. Buy some stickers and stick them where you shouldn't. Put them on your kid's forehead. Stick them on the bottom of your wife's purse. I don't know. (laughs) Put them on trailhead signs if that's not illegal. Put them on cop cars if that is illegal. I don't know. Do whatever you want. You're an adult. Make your own bad decisions. Do like me. Take one of the uh, Rainbow Pride Partnership for Community Action stickers. Put it on the gun case for your AR-15. I don't know if I want to like this person or hate this person. (laughs) Exactly. Keep them guessing. (laughs) Never let them know your next move. (laughs) All right. uh, If I ever get a, if I ever get a really big truck, I'll make sure to do a lot of really confusing things with it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I should get my concealed carry permit, but then just carry a rainbow pistol. Sure. That would make people's brain hurt too. All right. No one's listening at this point, so we're going to shut it down. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your pants.